0: Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. I was reading that scientists in Israel have just confirmed that an ancient date palm seed, tiny little thing, was retrieved from the rubble at the fortress of Masada and was successfully planted and it germinated and they say this seed germinated even though it was 2,000 years old. That makes it the oldest seed ever to sprout beating the previous record which was a lotus seed in China by 700 years. My point is this, things might seem like they are dead but they are not. And you know what? It's never too late to blossom and bloom. It's never too late to blossom and bloom. And we're right at the end of the year, but you know what I tell you tonight? It's not too late. It's not too late. I was reading this post by an author. His name is Douglas Lumsden, and he posts this. He's quite well known. He says, for what it's worth, I was 43 when I got a PhD. I was 51 when I started my dream job. I was 54 when I married the love of my life. There's hope, people. There's hope. I was 55 when I ran my first marathon. I was 67 when I self-published my first book. I turn 70 next year, and I can't wait. It's not too late. (laughs) Joan MacDonald, 70 years old, found herself as a nurse working in the hospital studying part time and uh, she was told that her health was deteriorating rapidly. She was on multiple medications and some of you in the room are on this. High blood pressure, high cholesterol and acid reflux medication. Doctors said she need, they needed to up the dosages. At 70 years old she was not getting any better or she had to make a dramatic and drastic lifestyle change. She said she was done with meds, she was feeling terrible, life was hard and she decided she was going to start going on walks. She began to do that for cardio, she started doing stretches on the carpet in the lounge and she started weightlifting and she says, I remember picking up a 4.5 kilogram weight thinking it felt really heavy, I was really starting from scratch. But listen, she lost 27 kilograms and doctors gave her a clean bill of health. She no longer needs to take any of those medications. Now, let me quote her. She says age is just a number, and you don't always need to be coddled through workouts just because you're in your 70s. We are strong and capable of change, but we're often rude as fragile. Even though you can't turn back the clock, you can wind it up again. <laughs> Isn't that good? Here's another guy at 70 years old, and I know there are a lot of young people in the room, but the principle applies. James Owen of Austin, Texas, he wrote a book called Just Move, and he says, on my 70th birthday, I saw a video of myself hunched over and shuffling up to the podium where I was giving a talk. I was shocked. I looked like an old man, and the worst part was I felt like one too. Back pain, knee pain, and shoulder pain, along with being overweight, made me feel a mess. But instead of citing those conditions as an excuse, he used them as a motivation to get fit. He says, I decided then and there that I was going to get in shape no matter what it took. He put his goal in writing, take note of that, so that there would be no backing out when things got tough. He dropped weight. He was 93 kilograms, and at 78 years old now, this is 2019, he weighed less than he did in high school, a muscular 70 kilograms. People, there's hope. There's hope for that which jiggles as you walk down the stairs to your seat. He says, I'm living proof that as long as you're still mobile, listen to this, it's never too late to become more fit. The title of my message, as I probably think you have gathered already, is it's never too late. Look at your neighbor and say, it's never too late. Never that is a truth and a principle of Scripture. Now tonight we're going to look at 19 verses, it's it's more than some of you have read all holiday. (laughs) And uh, we're going to look at two late bloomers, the story of two late bloomers, and we're going to find seven things we can learn from the story as we close the chapter on 2022 and open it on 2023 in just a few hours. So at least you know where I'm going this evening. Luke chapter 1 and verse 5, and it says, in the time of Herod, king of Judea, Herod had nine wives. There was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Now watch this. Both of them were what? Righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But watch, but they were childless. Righteous, blameless, but childless. But listen, it's never too late. It's never too late. And it says, because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. Once when Zachariah's division was on duty, I want you to notice the words on duty, and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by Lot according to the custom of the priesthood. How many of you know customs and traditions aren't all bad? We talk about the traditions of the church. We need to get rid of tradition. as some traditions are good, they are valuable. Don't throw everything out until you know the reason why. And then it says here, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. You know, burning incense was a form of worship. It descended to the Lord as a sweet-smelling savor and as a picture in the Old Testament of what we do today when we sing and we worship. It says, and when the time for burning the incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. We're going to read more. Then, how many of you know when it says then, something's going to happen? Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Let's just pause for a moment. How many of you getting to the end of 2022, don't raise your hands, and your prayer has not been answered? I want to tell you, it may not have been answered, but it has been heard. It has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he'll be great in the sight of the Lord. How many you know when you're childless, often when you have a child, God gives you a very special child. He's he's never to take wine or other fermented drink, even at New Year, and he will be filled (laughs) with the Holy Spirit before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord, their God. Now the reason I'm reading you all this is because I want you to see how special this answer to prayer was. We go on, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah, and turn the hearts of the parents to their children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? How dumb can you be and still breathe? He says, I'm an old man. Notice this, I'm an old man, and my wife is... Well along in years, he didn't say she's old. He wouldn't get out of there alive. And men, you can call yourself old, but your wife is well along. The angel said to him, "I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I've been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens. In other words, because you talk nonsense, God's going to keep you quiet because you did not believe my words, which have come will come true at the appointed time." Here's the last batch of scripture. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. It's like River's Church. People wonder, why are you still at church? When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said, these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Very old, blameless and righteous, but childless. You know, there are many Christians who feel that life is getting on. Another year has gone past. I still haven't got a car, haven't got a business, haven't found a a person to date or to marry. And life is passing me by, but I'll tell you what, stay righteous, stay blameless And even though you might feel old, even in your 30s, I want to tell you something, it is not too late. God hears your prayers, is on your side, and there's seven things we can take out of you tonight if we have the time. Number one, the first thing we need to do at the end of this year is to declare this. Tell yourself that it's never too late. 2022 might be over, almost, but 2023 beckons. And as long as there's life, there's hope, and as long as there's hope, there's faith, and we need to trust God. And we need to believe that it's not too late to have what we're believing for, to meet someone, to marry someone, to be happy, to achieve our goals, to get well, to get out of debt, to get on with our children, to have our dreams come true, to walk in spiritual victory. It's not too late to start again. And we need to say that to ourselves and believe ourselves. 2022 is full of challenges. 2023 is going to be full of challenges, but opportunities as well. Claire Cook, she's an authoress, wrote a book called Never Too Late. She says, I wrote my first novel in my minivan at 45. At 50, I walked the red carpet at the Hollywood premiere of the adaption of my second novel, Must Love Dogs, starring Diane Lane and John Cusack, which is now an eight-book series. I'm the New York Times, USA Today, and international best-selling author of 23 fun and inspiring books for 42 forever women. I love that, 42 forever. God will give us what we ask if we press on, but the minute you believe it's too late, the minute you start shutting down with cynicism and negativity, it closes down. And Zechariah continued to serve. He continued to burn incense and worship, and God came through for him. Do you remember the story in the Bible when the spies went into the promised land and they couldn't conquer because only two were positive and ten were negative? Be careful that in your family, the negativity doesn't outweigh the positivity in 2023. We've got massive challenges in South Africa, but we've got to start speaking differently. Don't speak like Zechariah. Don't speak like the ten. Because it could delay what God's got for us. Caleb, the Bible says, he held on and it was never too late because when God promises something, you need to believe for it. Let me read to you Joshua chapter 14. This is Caleb speaking. He says, now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years. Since the time he said this to Moses and we went through COVID while Israel moved about in the wilderness. Are you getting this? So here I am today. 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. It is not too late to get what God promised you. He's literally saying, you know what? This is my year, baby. Give me what I believe for 85 years old. Oh, I word, if he can do it, what about the 35-year-olds? What about the 25-year-olds? It's never too late. And I don't care what you feel about yourself today, what you feel you may look like, why you're not finding a partner, why things haven't turned out. You know, I've prayed, and this is what people tell me. I've prayed, I've come to church, I've volunteered, I even tithed. <laughs> dude, dude, dude. Now, where's the, why isn't the auto bank machine spitting it out? God's got timing, but you've got to believe that it's never too late. I read about this woman, her name is Lynette Kurungi. She was 20, just 20, when a controlling ex-boyfriend got a guy to throw acid into her face. It burnt her clothes off her body, burnt her completely. She ended up in hospital for a year. She was in constant agony. In fact, for most of that year, they had to put her under running water from 8 o'clock in the morning to 5 o'clock in the evening. She just could not bear the pain. And when she came out of there, out of that hospital, 21, 22, she thought, that was it. My life's ruined. He's wrecked it. But you know what? It's not too late. And she began to trust God, even though she thought, no man's going to want me because men go by looks. They're so shallow as they are. That's why we have a men's conference. (laughs) Men are driven by looks. We are. Women are driven by looks, too. Let me not go there. (laughs) But she thought it was over. Then at work, she met a Brit, 42-year-old Dave Flew. And he was an artist and an engineer from Somerset. And guess what? In his spare time, he volunteered to go and deal with burn victims in India. So he was used to burn people. And they met up in September of this year, and they began to kind of communicate and date, and now they're planning to get married. It doesn't matter what you look like. Tell yourself, it's never too late. Number two, this is what we need to do at the end of one year and the beginning of another. Dream again and set some goals. Dream again and set some goals. Don't allow cynicism to kill your faith and to kill your dreams. C.S. Lewis famously said, you are never too old to set another goal or to dream a new dream. Remember this church, this is not like Woolworths, dreams don't have an expiry date. <laughs> you can rekindle them, you can breathe life into them, Pastor Wilma has been speaking about it, at the sisters, during this year, you need to breathe life into them and rekindle them. George Eliot, It was actually a woman, called Mary Ann Evans, in, in those days, in the, in the uh, mid-Victorian 1800s, you could not... Right, as a woman, you wouldn't be taken seriously, so Mary Ann Evans uh, adopted the pseudonym George Eliot, and she said, it's never too late to be what you might have been. Isn't that the truth? It's never too late to be what you might have been, but you've got to have a dream. How many of you remember a man called Earl Nightingale? Earl Nightingale used to be on the radio, and he used to interview children Saturday mornings. Kids say the darndest things, and uh, we grew up listening to him. He was a pretty amazing man and uh, passed away, he rose up from poverty and became the most respected motivational speaker in early America in the 50s, and uh, he was a personal development coach, author, and a radio commentator, and his program, listen to this, his radio program was broadcast around the world for 40 years. I mean, you know, people take people like that seriously, and one of the things he said was this, never give up on a dream, just because of the time it will take to accomplish it, the time will pass anyway. Isn't that the truth? Well, it's going to take so long? Well, what are you going to be doing anyway? I know what we, we do when we don't do stuff we eat. <laughs> you see, goals are important, even if we failed in 2020, because they focus us. And when you don't have the goal, you become vague. People have dreams, but they don't have goals. You become vague. I want to give you an illustration of it today. People say, I'm going to eat less. No, it's not good enough. Because we've all said it. You've actually got to set eating goals. No sugar. No sugar. Smaller portions. Then every day you will keep that goal. But if you say, I'm going to eat less, you will not. Because this thing cries out as though it, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. No, you're not. You're not. Set some spending goals. Yeah, this year I'm going to spend less. No, tell yourself that you will not spend money until a month has gone past and you've thought it over. And the bigger the purchase, the longer the time. People go and buy houses on the spur of the moment. All the car adverts are designed to get you to act emotionally, not rationally. And if you're planning to buy an electric car, think about it longer. (laughs) Because ESCOM cannot give you power. And even in America, even in America, they're telling people in California, don't charge your car at night, we don't have enough electricity. And don't come crying to me, I have a V8. And I'm totally happy. And God's got the planet under control. Let me move on before some of you get upset. Number three, here's an important thing. Leave the past behind. Leave the past behind. Regrets, failures, disappointments. How many of you had disappointments this year? I've had disappointments. You know where the biggest disappointments have come? In myself. I said things that I would do and wouldn't do. And then I get disappointed, not just in people. I've been in the ministry 40 years. I know what people can be like. But I get disappointed in myself. I've got to leave that behind and believe a new season will start and that God can help me and that He's got something. So leave your hurts. We we burnt up our hurts, our disappointments, our sins, our failures. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you lost your income. Maybe you lost your mind. Leave it behind. (laughs) Let go and remember it's never too late. Listen. Don't let things eat away at you. You all sit in this building, smiling, made up nicely, earrings on, your nice clothes, your nice shoes, and how you praise God. But inside, I I read an interesting story, and I don't want to quote it uh, uh, random. I I want to read it to you. A man called Dr. Harry Emerson Fosdick, he was quite a liberal theologian, but some good things he said, and so he's often quoted... But he spoke about, he says, on the slopes of uh, Long's Peak in Colorado, that's a famous mountain peak, he says, lies the ruin of a gigantic tree. Naturalists tell us that it stood for some 400 years. During the course of its long life, it was struck by lightning 14 times. And the innumerable avalanches and storms of four centuries thundered past it. It survived them all. In the end, however, he says, an army of beetles attacked the tree and leveled it to the ground. The insects ate their way through the bark and gradually destroyed the inner strength of the tree. A forest giant, which age had not withered, nor lightning blasted, nor storm subdued, fell at last before beetles so small that you could crush them between your thumb and your forefinger. He says there's a parallel in this story which should serve as a warning to us all. Most of us can survive times of crisis. We can summon the strength of faith or resolve to survive any battle that we face head on. Whether it is our professional or personal lives, we can overcome great obstacles. Like COVID, eh? We've come through it. He says this, it is the small things like jealousy, anger, resentment, pettiness, negativity, disappointment that eat us from the inside which often bring about our downfall. But then he says this, unlike a giant tree, we can identify and fight these moral or ethical beetles. What's eaten away at your life over this last year? You know, I wrote a book some years ago called 12 Things That Undermine Your Success. And if you look carefully on the book, you'll see they're actually ants because I've discovered that they're small things like under the foundation of your life. People can't even see them and we're looking for the big things, but these little things are eating away. Disappointment, regret, bitterness, hurt, anger, We've been disappointed by churches. This has been a very difficult year when we've looked across the world and seen pastors fail, churches fail. You can become cynical about everybody and everything. We mustn't allow that to eat away at our lives. We've got to leave the past behind. Philippians 3, we heard it this evening, but I want to read it to you from the NLT because the NIV says... Forgetting what is behind, but notice what the NLT says. He says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the what? The past and looking forward to what lies ahead. You've got to forget the good, the bad, and the ugly, and we've got to move into our future. Listen, here's the truth. You will never take hold of new things unless you let go of old ones because your hands are full, your heart is full. Let them go tonight. And embrace what God's got. Zechariah and Elizabeth had to do that. Number four, are you with me? Commit to consistently serving in the year ahead. You say, well, is that like a New Year resolution? I want to show you something important. We'll read this again. Luke chapter one, verse eight and nine. It says, once when Zechariah's division was on duty, he didn't say when he felt like it, He was consistent. He was on the roster. Watch this. And he was serving as priest before God. He was chosen by lot according to the what? Custom. You see, there's a regularity about it. To go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. It's like he was on the roster. He was regular. He was there all the time. I'll tell you what. When you are serving regularly and consistently, that's where God can bring things to pass in your life. That's where he reveals himself and speaks a word to you, and things can happen. And we often want, well, Lord, is it too late? He says, well, if you if don't have a dream, if you, you're not positioning yourself, if, you, if you're holding on to other stuff and you're angry with me, you're like Zechariah. you're like, how can it be? It's been so long. I'm old and she's well on in years. No, you need to believe God. And you need to be serving in the house. Many people have come back to church after COVID, but they're not serving because we've enjoyed our options. Don't be an options person. Be a committed person. Can you say amen? See, Jim Rohn said this. He was a a motivational speaker in business, but he was a Christian. And he said this. He said, whoever renders service to many puts himself in line for greatness. Great wealth, great return, great satisfaction, great reputation, and great joy. I want to add, and great blessings. Because when we're serving and consistent, we seem to get God's attention. These people were blameless and righteous, not for nothing. And they were serving, not for nothing. And he was offering up incense, not for nothing. God looked and at the right time sent him an incredible answer to his prayers. And it was when they were serving that everything they ever desired was given to them. He was a faithful priest who was favored by God. And I want to encourage you to consistently serve. Many of you would remember Albert Schweitzer, the great humanitarian who had a vision and a word from the Lord to serve in Africa, he said, I do not know what your destiny will be. In other words, we don't know what 2023 holds. But one thing I can be certain, the only ones among you who will, be truly, who will truly be happy are those who sought and found how to serve. You know, we glibly say to each other, and we're going to do it all evening and tomorrow morning, Happy New Year. Well, it won't be happy unless you serve. Because the more selfish you are, the more unhappy you are. And that's the problem with our world. We grab more possessions, we want more money, we want it's got to be more about me, my desires, my passions. You've got to look after number one, you know. The more you do that, the more unhappy you are. Our greatest joy in ministry has been serving others. And the little pleasures we get on the side and the things God gives us, we enjoy. But there's nothing greater than serving people. And if you serve consistently, you begin to prepare yourself for miracles. Number five. Are you still good? Is this helping anyone? And we've read this text. Here's number five. Expect incredible answers to pray. Don't become jaded because you think God hasn't heard you. It's not too late. And here we see people who prayed. And you know what? Prayer accesses heaven. And you don't know when you've accessed heaven. It's not about accessing someone's estate. You can see the gates opening. When you access heaven, the angels know. The Lord knows. And he puts things into motion. I wonder how many times Zechariah and Elizabeth prayed. We don't know. Over and over and over. But they never stopped serving. They never stopped worshiping. And you need to in 2023, even if it didn't come to pass in 2022, you need to believe that God can answer your prayers. Incredible answers to prayers. Do you realize that when John the Baptist was born, let me give you a bit of a Bible study here quickly. It was 400 years since Israel had had a word from the Lord. Malachi said that someone would come and he'd come in the spirit of Elijah and people waited and waited and waited. We're not talking about 40 days. We're not talking about 40 years. We're talking about 400 years. And then this incredible man, the forerunner of the Lord Jesus, this unique, amazing man who will bring joy to his parents and will lead people to Christ and will baptize people and pave the way for the Lord Jesus, he comes on the scene. Isn't that an incredible answer to prayer? But they had to wait, and they had to keep faith alive. And we've got to do the same at the end of 2022 if God hasn't answered yet. Expect incredible answers to prayer. Not just expect answers, expect incredible answers. If you're believing for a child, expect an incredible child. A business, an incredible business. You need a car, an incredible car, even if it's secondhand. And in fact, let me encourage you, if you're going to buy a car, maybe you th- should think about buying a second hand car. If you don't drive a lot, it's better to have batteries in your house and not sit in the dock. You can go into the garage and stroke that BM and smell its leather, but you can't. it ain't going to give you light. And you're living in South Africa. Two things that you're going to face this year. Let me give you a prophetic word. You're going to face a shortage of electricity, and you're going to face a shortage of water. Now listen, listen. I'll give you advice here, because some people are like, eh. When the power started going out, do you know when it was? 2009. Guess which church was the first to buy a generator? Rivers Church. Everybody's got generators now. You see, the infrastructure of ESCOM, let me say this quickly, the infrastructure of ESCOM is broken. That's why they can't keep it on because things keep breaking down. Did you know that the pipes under the ground are breaking down? So don't complain when there's no water. Buy yourself a tank. We bought a 1,000-liter tank. It'll be installed in January. I'll have five days of water. When you're all having to use swimming pool water and your toilets are honking... We will have water. Because I'm thinking ahead. I do not want to drive the latest motor car and be without water and without electricity. It is not wisdom. And I do not want to be cursing this government every moment of the day, every time I turn on the news. Are you hearing me? But let's expect answers to prayer. You know what Zachariah's name means? Jehovah has remembered. Wonderful, eh? Maybe you've named yourself Jehovah has forgotten. It's time for you to throw that name away. Forget about the past and trust God for something new. Do you know, prayer is always a wonderful thing when it comes true. But while you're praying, it can be a grind. I read this fascinating story, and I'll tell you quickly. In 1981, there was a couple by the name of Tim and Harold Klaus they were murdered in a wooded area in Houston. They had joined a religious cult, and somehow they were murdered. But here's the tragedy: in those years, they couldn't identify them. There was no DNA. They did not identify them, and so they remained ident- unidentified till 2022. Here was the weird thing: they had a two-year-old child, Holly, and she was not found with their remains. The cult had taken her to some other place and given her to pastors as like an abandoned child, and the pastors raised her. What a terrible tragedy. Finally, in 2022, they found out the the DNA and then they began to track her and look up records. It's a long story, but they found Holly. She was now 42 years old and DNA proved that she was the child. But wait, this is the beautiful part of the story. Her grandmother, Donna Cassanta, said this. She said that finding her granddaughter was a birthday present from heaven. Now you go, wow, well, that's just like it. no, no, because she was found on the dead father's birthday. But this is what she said. I prayed for more than 40 years for answers and the Lord has revealed some of it. It is never too late. Keep praying and expect incredible answers to prayer. Number six, are you still with me? This is what we need to do. We need to move ahead with faith and discipline. You see, God's got good plans for us, but if you don't couple them to discipline, they won't come to pass. Think about this. John the Baptist wasn't just a weird guy who ate locusts and wore, you know, strange clothes. The Bible says he shouldn't drink fermented drink, and he should stay away from dead bodies. He was meant to be a Nazarite. The promise of God was coupled to discipline. And a lot of us don't see the promises of God, and we don't see the fulfillment of our prayers because we don't have Discipline. Because God works on the rails of discipline. You're trying, to bring, you're trying to bring a train into your life, but you've got no rails. And we need to be disciplined. And the Lord has promised us in Jeremiah, you know this verse, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. That was after Babylonian captivity that that was announced. And God's got good plans, but you need to let them run on the rails of discipline. Israel had to obey God in order for those plans to come to pass, and John the Baptist needed to be disciplined, Drew Dyke wrote a book called Your Future Self Will Thank You, (laughs) Secrets to Self-Control from the Bible and Brain Science, long title, and I couldn't put it on the screen, but let me read it to you, he says, year after year, I continue to struggle with the same stupid stubborn sins, I'm caught in my own civil war between the good I want to do and the sinful impulses holding me back, anyone relate, I can relate, we face this challenge as flesh. He says, even if we never engage in the activities that land us in jail, the Bible tells us that all sin has an addictive quality. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Jesus said so in John 8:34. He says, that means we have more in common with addicts than we might think. Addicts are not an isolated subset of the population. We all have the potential for addiction. And it means we need to take the same steps addicts take in life to recover if we hope to get free. You know, the Bible says of Daniel when he was in Babylon, he resolved. You've got to resolve. So you, you, New Year's resolutions are a waste of time. I believe New Year's resolutions are a waste of time. You need to make them daily. Every day you get up and you resolve. I've, I've prayed. I'm believing. I'm believing. It's not too late, I resolve. Hmm? You know, in this book, and I don't have time to quote it, he says his school teacher once told him that if you don't have self-control, other people will control you. Listen to this, his teacher, his teacher was an Indian man, he said he told him with a thick accent, if you don't control yourself, others will control you. (laughs) I'm pretty good, eh? Michael, Barbara, I've been hanging out with you a long time. I've learned so much of things. He says, if you don't don't have self-control, others will control you. He says, for instance, if you misbehave at school, guess who controls you? The principal gets you in his office and you get waxed. He says, when you leave school, you think you're free. No, you're not. If you don't have self-control, guess what? The prison system will get a hold of you and put you in prison and control you. So either you control yourself or life will control you. We have to resolve. We have to make decisions. Number seven, I need to wrap up, but I hope you've been helped tonight. Now this is very important because we see that Zechariah made a mistake here. Number seven, determined to speak faith. Determined to speak faith. If you speak negativity, you will be shut up from being an influence to other people. Because he spoke negatively, his mouth was shut and he couldn't even speak to the people he was serving. And God is saying, if you will speak faith speak what I say in my words, speak what I'm going to do for you, then what comes to pass will come to pass in your life. And we must speak things before they happen. He says, how can this be? The angel says, why don't you just speak what I told you before it happens? We've got to speak faith. And the things you're believing for, don't, while I'm waiting, no, don't wait. We're gonna go into 2023 speaking faith. And we're not gonna speak negativity. You've got to find a way to speak faith over the circumstances, over the power cuts, the water cuts, the negative circumstances. How many of you know what the word circumstances means? It comes from the Latin, circum. It means that which is around. Circumnavigate, circumference. You with me? So circum means what's around, and stances mean where we stand. As Christians, we don't stand in what's around us. We live in South Africa with ESCOM and water cuts and all kinds of problems and political infighting and gender-based violence and on and on it goes. But we don't stand with that around us. We stand with that above us. And we speak faith. We don't speak what South Africa says. We speak faith. Don't let your conversation be about ESCOM all the time. And if it is, save up for batteries. No, it amazes me. People drive three, four million rand cars and they sit in the dark. What is wrong with you? seriously is it that important that you make an appearance and then the rest of the time you're in the dark it's a bit like being a mole come out check me go back in again (laughs) no oh I want to say this to you because I see this happening all around me I love cars and I it's like a hobby for me but I will not get myself into debt and then be in the dark and be without water we made a commitment this year, we would put batteries in, we did, life has been awesome, now put another battery in. I've got 18 hours of power, when the power goes off, I don't even know. Unless I look through a window across the road or somewhere else and I see <laughs> flicker, flicker, flicker. Now I'm, I'm not being arrogant, I'm just saying think, because the reason you're negative is you haven't resolved, you haven't made the decisions. And God wants to bless you, but you need wisdom. And you're talking about the circum. Stances because you're standing in them. No, we need to stand above them. We live in a mess, but we don't need to be of the mess. Speak faith. Speak the word. Speak according to what God says. I love what the late author Wayne Dyer, he, he was an interesting man, passed away. He was a high school coach. Also, a lot of biblical references he used in coaching. He said this, and I think this is profound as I wrap up. If you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. I'm going to leave it up up on the screen. You might want to take a picture of it. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. It's not too late to speak faith in South Africa. Let me say this. I said it to the manager in the restaurant yesterday. If you're living here and you're not happy, go somewhere else. (laughs) Wait, I'm not done. Don't clap yet. No, Seriously. If you're not happy here, go somewhere else. If you're going to stay here, add to it. Don't subtract. (laughs) Speak faith over it. Let's believe for better. Let's rise up above and find a way to win. If they're not giving us power, let's find our own power. If they're not giving us water, let's store some of our own water. Let's find a way to rise above the negativity because it's not too late to have the things that God wants us to have I want to tell you the story I'm going to pray for you very very quickly at 59 years old a lady called Mimi Sikor of Massachusetts was a nurse and her daughter was a health coach and her daughter said she had to tell us some hard truths Mimi says this she told me that due to my weight poor diet and lack of fitness I was not a healthy role model for my patients and that I was being a hypocrite that hit me hard like a stake in my heart and I became motivated to change my life With her daughter's help, she changed her diet, started lifting weights at her gym. The most important thing, she says, was changing my habits and my mindset. I had to address the zillions of excuses that used to rule my life and derail my attempts to stay healthy. One year later, Mimi had shed 13.5 kilograms. I believe for that Lord. (laughs) And she lost 30 centimeters from her waist. And every woman said, me too, Lord and she built a lot of muscle, all while pursuing a study for a doctorate. She then decided to compete in a bodybuilding competition and finished fifth in the over 40 category. Now at the age of 64 years old, she's participated in three more bodybuilding competitions. She's written a book called Debut A New You, transforming your life at any age, and she is now also known as Dr. Mimi Sikor. It's never too late. (laughs) We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message.